2: Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today.
3: The Jazz rise to the occasion against the Suns. Have the Dallas Mavericks found their identity? Plus, seven of the top ten teams went down on Saturday. What happened? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and the biggest debates in sports. You're Locked On
1: Today.
0: Searching all major sports. Found.
2: Let's start with the biggest story. The Utah
3: Jazz make it eight of nine. They have won two in a row coming out of the All Star break. They beat the Phoenix Suns without Chris Paul, 118 to 114. Joining me now from Locked On Jazz, the man himself, David Locke. And David, this is a a Utah team that is always going to be judged by how they do in the postseason. They've played a pair of dynamite games coming out of the break. What have we learned, if anything, about this team as we head toward the playoffs?
4: So January was a disaster for the Jazz. They're four and twelve. They're about twenty eighth in the league defensively, but they also got hit by COVID and a tremendous slew of injuries all at the same time. What I think we've learned about the Jazz is that when they have Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, and Rudy Gobert this year, their three best players, they're twenty six and nine. Now Phoenix is twenty six and six, and the Warriors are twenty five and six. They're obviously playing without Draymond a great deal. But those three teams in the Western Conference are the three teams that have had the best regular season along with Memphis. Um, And I think those are the teams that are the most likely contenders to win the West. And so I think what you've learned in the last few days is that the Utah Jazz are still a contender to win the Western Conference. They've got to prove that their playoff bugaboos can be overcome the same way the Milwaukee Bucks did a year ago. Uh, and, but that the January was a COVID injury laden slump that was not representative of the team.
3: What, what has been different? Do you think uh, of, about this team over the last couple of weeks when they've been playing in this hot streak, they've gotten good contributions, uh, off the bench, Jordan Clarkson, 22 in this game, you mentioned the big three of Rudy Gobert, Mike Connolly and Donovan Mitchell as well. Uh, Boyle Bogdanovich didn't even shoot well in this game, 5 of 13 and 1 of 5 from 3, and they were still able to win on a night when Phoenix shot 51% from the floor.
4: I think the answer to this question is energy, Peter, and what's interesting about it, and I was talking to the Dallas Mavericks people about it, they think the same thing happened to their team. The COVID 10-day contract, guys, that when everyone got struck with COVID and these guys came from outside the league and played at a level and a pace and an energy level, it basically kind of sent a message to all the other guys hey you can play harder than you've been playing daniel house came to us on three 10-day contracts and is now a part of the roster he plays at a higher pace in energy trent Forrest is playing at a higher pace in energy than some of the other guys so the jazz as a group are playing harder with more juice than they played with before january and I think you have to give credit to some of these guys whose names you had never heard of and will never hear it from again, hopefully, uh, and that they seem to just kind of bring a juice to this league. And I think it's impacting the league across the board.
3: What have you seen, if anything? Because the 10-day contract guys are not going to be playing heavy minutes, as you said, hopefully, in May, June. So what have you seen from this team, whether it's lately or overall, that makes you think things could be different for the Jazz in the playoffs this year?
4: few things, uh, the addition of Daniel House and Trent Forrest, along with Eric Pascal, who may or may not be in the rotation, gives them more than one defender on the perimeter. Royce O'Neill has been the only player on the roster that can put up much of any resistance defensively on the perimeter. Now you have Daniel House, so Devin Booker was guarded by someone who was pretty good all night tonight instead. Now, obviously, Chris Paul wasn't there. Uh, so I think that's part one that has changed this team a little bit. Um Rudy Gobert's ability, as we saw against Luka Doncic, to guard out on the floor is a little different than what we've, what we've seen previously um, from him over the years, and I think the Jazz' willingness to let him do that. Uh, and then on the offensive end, Donovan Mitchell has just gotten better. He's the number one pick-and-roll guard in all of the NBA right now. He is doing it with multiple bigs, so he and Gobert are number one in the league. He and Royce O'Neal on small-small pick-and-rolls are number three in the league. And he and Whiteside are number four in the league. And by the way, the number two combination is Seth Curry and Joel Embiid, and they aren't on the same team anymore. So the number one, two, and three pick-and-roll combinations in the NBA all play for the Utah Jazz and all involve Donovan Mitchell with the ball in his hands.
3: Thanks for making Locked On. Today, your first listen of the day. Coming up, have the Dallas Mavericks found their identity? That's next. Joel Embiid scored 37 points and made a career and NBA season-high 23 free throws. James Harden also put in 29 points, 16 assists, and 10 rebounds. Pretty good. And the 76ers made it two straight wins with their new dynamic duo by beating the New York Knicks 125-109 to on Sunday. The 76ers made 39 total free throws, the most in the NBA this season, and almost all their work To break open a close game midway through the fourth quarter came at the charity stripe. Embiid finished 23 of 27 on free throws, and the NBA's leading scorer added nine rebounds. The Hornets had the Pistons number for years, until Sunday night. Here's Locked on Pistons host, Kukalil.
5: The curse is over. It's finally over. The Detroit Pistons have defeated the Charlotte Hornets for the first time since my freshman year of college, which was not that too long ago, it was just 2017. But the Pistons have finally broke the curse on a Kelly Olynyk game winner. After he spent the first half looking like the corpse of Kelly Olynyk. he came out in the second half Dropped 20-something, 20 points. He had 7 of 13 from the field, 4 or 5 from deep. And hit the fadeaway game winner along the baseline in OT to win the Pistons the game. Jeremy Grant also had 26 points. Sadiq Bay had 28. K Cunningham had 19, 6, and 5. Hamdu Diallo had 13 off the bench. Keeling Hayes had 6 points, 7 rebounds, 7 assists. But Kelly Olynyk, man, he just broke the curse. The curse is finally over. I didn't think the Pistons would ever beat the Charlotte Hornets again. I didn't think it was going to happen. I thought it was going to happen at the end of regulation, but then Cade Cunningham misses a free throw, and then LaMelo Ball almost broke my heart, stealing the inbound and taking the midi, But all for that, none of that matters. Kelly Olynyk, I take back everything I've ever said about you. The Pistons have broke the curse. Thank God.
3: The hits keep on coming for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers.
6: Tom Brady, Jack Sitchie, and now Ali Marpet, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers experiencing another retirement off of their Super Bowl winning roster. One legendary great Hall of Fame shoe in first ballot quarterback, Jack Sitchi, a guy that never truly lived up to his potential due to injuries uh, with holding or holding him back throughout the years. And now Ali Marpet, the Pro Bowl offensive lineman after seven season, uh, calling it a career Super Bowl champion, Pro Bowler in his final season, accomplished a lot of things out, coming out of Hobart that a lot of people probably didn't think he would accomplish. But in his exit leaves the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with yet another massive hole to fill. Now their starting center is an unrestricted free agent. Their starting right guard is an unrestricted free agent. And now their left guard is is headed towards retirement. For more on this, find myself my co-host James Jarko at the Locked On Bucks podcast five days a week. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. FIFA backed away
3: from immediately expelling Russia from World Cup qualifying on Sunday but said it remained an option, deciding instead the squad can play under the RFU acronym of its football federation, the Russia Football Union. FIFA also said the RFU team can only play on neutral territory and without spectators, Separately, the English Football Association announced that its national team would refuse to play Russia for the foreseeable future. Russia has qualified for the Women's European Championship, which is being hosted by England in June. Here's what to look for on BetOnline, your number one spot for all your daily gambling needs. A lot of NBA action tonight. The Miami Heat, they've won three straight. They're sitting atop the Eastern Conference and now play the Chicago Bulls, who are in second Bet Online likes Miami by three. On the flip side, the Eastern Conference, two of the bottom two teams in the East, the Magic and the Pacers square off. And Bet Online is not even going to do the work on this one. It's a pick'em. <laughs> I love it. The defending champion Milwaukee Bucks have slid to fifth in the East. They're still 10-point favorites, according to Bet Online, against the Charlotte Hornets.
2: Here is another story you
3: need to know. The Dallas Mavericks come storming back. They outscore the Warriors by 20 in the fourth quarter and win 107-101. Joining me now from Locked on Mavericks, Nick Angstad. And Nick, this is a Dallas team that has now won seven of their last nine. They are one of the best defensive teams in the league of late, and yet they're doing this all without Chris Stapp's
1: Porzingis. So how are they doing this? The Mavericks are doing this because now they have an identity. The Mavericks absolutely know who they are now. Whereas before, and especially before that trade, when P- Chris Al Porzingis was playing, I'm not sure you could say that. I'm not sure you could say we know exactly who the Mavs are. They had this one style of play where it would be Luca ball, but then also throw in some Porzingis stuff. And then to get Porzingis engaged on defense, Jason Kidd decided he was going to give, you know, throw Ops a bone and give him some post-up touches and some other kinds of touches and now the Mavericks don't have that problem. They, they, don't, or not, they don't have that situation, right, where you have to try all these different things. Now they just have three playmakers. And uh, Spencer Dinwiddie said it after this game against the Warriors. He said, Jason Kidd is very clear about our roles and said, we have three playmakers, Luca first, Brunson second, and Spencer Dinwiddie third. And those that's our, our hierarchy as far as playmakers. And then everyone else fills in their role as three indeed guys, cutters, you know, role guys, different things like that. And so it really just all falls into place. And then on the other side, on defense, the Mavs know their roles there as well. They can switch a lot more on defense. They play Dwight Powell and Maxi Kleba as their as their centers. And in the end of this game, they didn't even play a center. They were throwing Davis Bertans out there. <laughs> he was just running around and trying to do stuff. But uh, so the Mavericks have just they've now found their identity, and this is how they found success.
3: You mentioned Spencer Dinwiddie, the last two games, 20 and 24 points for him after starting with 12 combined his first two post-trade. What has clicked for him in his new role in Dallas?
1: The roles and, and everything just being set up for uh, for everyone to know what they're supposed to do and, and just a little bit more organized, it seems, in, in Dallas. Uh, right after the trade, both Davis Bertans and Spencer Dinwiddie had comments about how we didn't really know what our role was. We didn't really know what our minutes were going to be in Washington. There's just so many guys, you know, you count down that Washington wizards roster and they had, they have 15 guys averaging 14 minutes. Now, some of that is because of injury and minute and, you know, minutes and, or in COVID and things like that. But you can't have that many guys in your rotation essentially, right? Like that's an entire roster you're going to throw out there in any single, in any given game. And so, you know, Davies Patons is getting DNPCDs. Spencer Dinwiddie was having to share the ball with Beal, and that wasn't going well for him. And then he would have off nights, and he's coming back from an ACL, and so there's all kinds of different weird stuff with him there. And now it just seems like he's hitting his stride for the Mavs right now in the role that he's supposed to play. It's just an off the bench playmaker, but he's behind Luca and and, and Brunson.
3: The, the Mavs are now fifth in the Western Conference, eleven and two in their own division. So how high can they climb in the West?
1: Well, these pesky Utah Jazz, I don't know if we know anybody <laughs> connected to that team at all in this network, but man, uh, the Mavs could have gotten a win against the Utah Jazz. They're real close to get a win right after the all-star break the other day. And so that could have been been big for them. But this this Western Conference is so tough. The Mavs have won what, like seven out of their last ten, and they just they've not moved at all. Like <laughs> just cannot move at all. This this Western conference just says where it is right now. So There is a shot. There's an outside shot. The Mavs play the Jazz two more times over the next three weeks or so. And so they have a shot to move up above Utah. I don't see them catching the Memphis Grizzlies unless something crazy happens with them and they collapse over this next stretch. But they can get to four, but they're probably at five. And then look out for the Denver Nuggets. I mean, they're not going anywhere. And they they may be getting Jamal Murray back soon too.
3: Coming up, seven of the top ten teams in college basketball on the men's side went down on Saturday. What happened?
2: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
3: Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Have you tried the puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of the best things you can eat. One of the best things you can put in your body. Because not only do they taste delicious... And they do, but it's protein-packed marshmallow. Yes, you heard that right, protein-packed marshmallow. Covered in 100% chocolate. The cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, which I personally love. Banana cream pie, so good. These are going to be your favorites. Go check them out. All of the built bars are covered in 100% chocolate, real chocolate. Yet they're low calorie, high protein, and they're basically like candy bars. But so much better for you. So much better for your body. Low-neck carbs, high-protein, high-fiber, low-cal. Come on. What more are you looking for in a food? It tastes delicious, and it's good for you. What, what else do you need me to tell you? Go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKS 15 for 15% off at Built.com. That's promo code LOCKS 15 for 15% off.
2: Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the day.
3: An incredible seven top ten teams fell Saturday night. It was absolute carnage, including a couple top six teams in the SEC. Auburn falls to number seventeen. Uh, Tennessee, Arkansas upsets number six Kentucky. Joining me now from Locked On SEC, Chris Gordy and Chris. We talked last week about how good and deep this conference is. Do you think this was more about the top teams not being quite as good as we thought, the the separation not being as high, or is it just that, hey, everyone is pretty good and they could win on any given night?
0: Well, I think what we're starting to see is, you know, home court advantage really does matter. You know, typically it does in college basketball, but more so this year in the SEC. I think it was Kyle Tucker who who covers Kentucky for the athletic. uh, He tweeted out, he said, the SEC's top four teams are 64-1 and one this season at home. He said none of them has beaten any any of the other three on the road. So it just means Tennessee held serve, you know, like they were supposed to against Auburn. Uh, Arkansas Bud Walton Arena has been electric this year, and and obviously they were Saturday night with the win over Kentucky. So I think we're just seeing that. Having fans back in the stadiums, you know, post uh, the COVID lockout last year where it was, you know, it was reduced and wearing masks, we've seen some rabid, Uh, environments across college basketball this year, particularly in the SEC. And it's really helped serve, at least for the best of the best, uh, across the SEC.
3: Well, then let's ask the most important question. What does this mean for my brackets when I'm trying to submit these things? How do we try and parse what will happen in March because they're going to be playing on neutral sites?
0: Yeah, uh, of course, that stat goes right out the window and it doesn't matter anymore. But I I think what you're looking for is battle-tested. You know, how did Kentucky look? Obviously, they... They were down early in the first half. They put together a a nice run and made it close. They lose by two. Kentucky's been battle-tested. They had that nice big road win uh, against Kansas earlier in the year. They've played a lot of top 25 teams. And so I think that's what you're looking for is you know who's looked really good. Arkansas, man, uh, again, as far as good as they've been at home, they've also been pretty good on the road as well, picking up some key wins. So, um, yeah, I think uh, the only thing I would be concerned about right now is Auburn, who was looking like – the best team in the country just a couple weeks ago. They've now lost three straight road games. I'd be a little worried about Auburn because you know this is the time of year where you want to be peaking, and right now they're not playing very well on the road.
3: Yeah, they're actually 500 over the last six games, including the loss to Arkansas that that's, that kicked off that six game stretch. What do you think has changed for them?
0: Um, just they're they're not running the ball as well. I think through Jabari Smith. I mean, they're they're just inconsistent. They haven't. Uh, you know, the, the three ball has not been as sharp lately as it was earlier in the year. Um, I think it's got to start with Walker Kessler down low. They got to get back to getting, uh, the big rebounds. And, um, you know, I think there's been a couple games recently where the rebound margin has been a little bit, not in their favor. So I think they got to get back to doing what they were doing, playing more aggressively like they were earlier in the year. And I think offensively, we haven't seen that lately.
3: And finally, Vasily Lamachenko, a top pound-for-pound boxer, has joined a territorial defense battalion in Ukraine as the country attempts to fend off an invasion from Russia. The two-time Olympic gold medalist is shown armed in military fatigues in an image posted to his Facebook page on Sunday. The 34-year-old was in Greece when the invasion began and his flight home to Ukraine on Friday was delayed due to air traffic being grounded. He flew into Bucharest and traveled through Romania on Saturday to reach his home outside Odessa, to be with his family. Incredible stories coming out of Ukraine and their defense against Russia. Not the only boxer, Lomachenko, in fending off this Russian invasion. The mayor of Kiev is former heavyweight champion Vitaly Klitschko. So I don't know why anyone wants to mess with these folks. Thanks for making Locked On Today your first listen. For your second listen, download Locked On Bets. All the gambling advice you need in 20 minutes. Coming up Tuesday, who will win the battle for the top of the East? So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on
1: today.
2: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.